In the modern corporate environment, businesses of all sizes are asked to be bigger, better, broader, and most importantly, faster. All of which involves bringing employees up to speed expeditiously in the most inexpensive way possible. If this is the case, is asking your training and enablement teams to conduct in-person classroom sessions really the best solution? In this podcast, we'll explore all aspects of converting your traditional classroom training into virtual environments and help shift your company's learning culture at the same time. Welcome to Virtually Learning. I'm your host, Rose Sheldon. Episode one, why go virtual? An unfortunate reality for most teams involved in training begins with the word training. This word immediately conjures up horrible images of sitting in uncomfortable chairs, suffering a slow and lingering death by PowerPoint. And there always seems to be just two types of trainers. The first is an over-exuberant individual who seems genuinely excited to start a class at 7.30 a.m. in a hotel conference room. They make you play networking bingo as you arrive and boast of the fun learning games you'll play to reinforce concepts. Okay, I should probably admit now that I have definitely been this trainer before. The second type of trainer is the reluctant one. The person who drew the short straw and is now responsible for teaching everyone. This trainer will show little to no enthusiasm and will give off a distinct air of, don't even think about asking me a question. On the plus side, there probably won't be any activities, so you'll you'll finish up early. On the downside, you'll probably learn little to nothing. So training's not something people consider fun. It only gets worse when you add words like technology, product, or sales in front of it. And don't bother changing the word altogether. Your employees understand that enablement activities, capability builders, and skill sessions are all just code words for training. But where does this leave us? We can't just not train employees. To solve this issue, we need to take a deep dive into who our employees are, how these characteristics are impacted by learning styles, and finally, why taking a virtual approach might just make training more palatable. The Generational Divide If we explore a quick history of corporate training, we begin with concepts like on-the-job training and apprenticeships. These one-on-one approaches allowed the learner to learn in the actual job environment, but it's more ideal for craftsman-type trades. With the dawn of the Industrial Revolution, Factories needed ways to train large number of employees on processes and machinery. So many factories began to build classroom environments to onboard new employees. Certainly the instructional methods have progressed since the Industrial Revolution, but the concept of bringing employees into a classroom environment to learn job skills and knowledge remains the preferred method of many companies. But you may be asking yourself, why would this be? We have so many more modern, advanced ways of training. On-demand courses and learning management systems, video tutorials, podcasts, social media communities, and many more options to tailor learning to the needs of a company's individual employees. 
why on earth would we still require classroom training? Perhaps there's research out there on this topic, but just from a personal observation, it's a loss of control and a fear of change. The modern learner is quite self-sufficient, but an argument can always be made for that exception, that one person who needs to have their hand held while learning. It's also a change for those that have always been a part of the traditional training process. If I'm not facilitating in a classroom, I won't have a job. And often management and the training team fear losing control of the process. Because if we don't require them to attend training and watch them while they take the training, then well, they'll never be trained. Ugh, I disagree. And my argument's pretty firmly rooted in generational research and preferred learning methods. I started this episode with a dirty word, training. Now I want to bring up another dirty word, millennial. As a cusp millennial born in the early 80s, I despise the connotation associated with this name. So I'll refer to my generation as Generation Y, which is actually the term I grew up with, learning only a few years ago that had been replaced. Now, according to a May 2015 article by Pew Research, Generation X and Generation Y now make up 68% of the workforce. Another 29% are baby boomers. And then there are some other generations that are on opposite ends of the spectrum that make up those last few percentiles. This means that when we're designing training for companies, we should be focused on the learning preferences of Generation X and Y to appeal to the most learners. But what do we know about those preferences? Let's begin with Generation X. These learners were born between 1965 and 1980, making them now ages 37 to 52. These individuals grew up during a time of workforce transition in the United States, where many households went from one income to two. This led to a new level of independence as Generation Xers often were latchkey kids responsible for completing homework on their own after school. This generation also witnessed the dawn of the internet firsthand as they helped to create and shape it. From a learning perspective, Gen Xers prefer to have independent and self-directed learning opportunities. No doubt it was appealing to this trait that caused many companies to invest in learning management systems and develop on-demand courses and curriculums. Gen Xers want to be provided feedback as they complete training, but also given the freedom to develop solutions on their own. Generation Y learners were born between 1981 and 1997, making them now ages 20 to 36. While Generation X may have developed the internet, it was Generation Y that helped propel it. Having this immediate access to information makes the ability to multitask a distinct trait. It also leads to needing immediate feedback. When learning, Generation Y will focus on learning concepts versus memorizing content. They know that information can always be recalled and reviewed online. Therefore, preference is given to short, fast-paced, and interactive activities. However, Generation Y learners also enjoy learning in groups, but this can be in a non-traditional environment such as social media. With a need for affirmation, Generation Y will seek out learning opportunities that provide a clear direction and ample feedback. Notice some of the key similarities in the learning preferences in these two generations. Self-directed learning with clear learning paths, 
easy access, opportunities for group learning, immediate and ample feedback. Nowhere in this list does it say, please make me leave my family for three days to fly to Omaha and learn about the company's new customer relationship management system that won't be available for four months. Learning styles. Now, training traditionalists and students of andragogy may argue that the true reason to stick with classroom training is the ability to easily appeal to different learning styles. Learning styles in and of itself could be a several hour lecture. We'll keep our conversation centered around the acronym VARK, V-A-R-K. This stands for visual, aural, reading and writing, and kinesthetic. In an adult learning environment, it's often just the visual, aural, and kinesthetic that are considered. When designing and developing training modules, the instructional designer should ask, how is this topic or concept being reinforced in a visual, aural, or kinesthetic way? When we think of these three learning styles, a classroom training does indeed meet all three. Visually, you'll provide the learners with, well, hopefully, a compelling PowerPoint presentation containing pleasing colors, fonts, images, and animation. The facilitator will inspire oral learners with their lecturing and open-ended question sessions for participation. And finally, worksheets, activities, and hands-on demonstrations satisfy the kinesthetic learners. So the naysayers will argue, a video is only for the visual learner. A podcast is only for the oral learners. Job aids are only for the kinesthetic learners. But these options also do far more for the traits and characteristics of our employees. They're accessible. They're self-directed. They're repeatable. It all has to do with how they're packaged. Why virtual learning? At this point in the episode, it seems worthwhile to define what virtual learning truly is. In a corporate environment, virtual learning utilizes the internet to deliver learning materials. This does include learning management systems that provide on-demand learning modules, assessments, and communications. For the purposes of this podcast, we'll consider these traditional virtual learning strategies, but also push the envelope to consider ways in which video, podcasts, webinars, and social media may be used. Building off our discussion on learning styles, the most natural transition from classroom to virtual is through the use of webinars and on-demand modules. Unfortunately, many of us have adopted these options without a differentiated approach. Converting an in-person classroom course to a two-hour on-demand module or webinar is not very effective. Software such as Articulate Storyline and Adobe Captivate have made it easy to convert a PowerPoint into the necessary on-demand format. Webinar software like WebEx and GoToMeeting allow facilitators to deliver the materials live and even record the session so they never have to do it again. In both cases, it sounds like the decision has been made as a convenience to the training team and not as a way to create impactful training. So how do we package it so learners want to access content? This is the very question I began asking myself a few years ago. As someone who bridges the age gap between Generation X and Y, I decided to observe my own habits and the types of learning I was attracted to in my daily life. 
A great example of how I was learning in my personal time was when I subscribed to a meal delivery service. After almost 10 years of marriage and the addition of two children, I'd become quite bored with my own cooking. For a few weeks, I took note of how much money was spent on groceries for dinner, and I realized that purchasing two meals a week from a meal delivery service wouldn't cost us any additional money. Plus, it would force me to try new foods and cooking methods. Because let's be honest, I wasn't actively seeking opportunities to try Korean comfort food on my own. As the first box of food arrived, I realized that they truly thought through the needs of the modern learner. In addition to the ingredients were large recipe cards listing detailed but understandable steps coupled with an image of the process. I could also access the recipe through the app, which provided more interactive options. For example, I'm embarrassed to admit that I'd always used jarred minced garlic in my cooking. This meant I needed to learn how to peel and chop garlic. Clicking on the hyperlink in the step to mince the garlic launched a quick video showing me how to do it myself. The entire process was fun for me and my kindergartner. And that's when I realized, wow, they've made this process so obvious, interactive, and fun that it could be completed by individuals separated by 30 years of age. And we want to continue doing it for multiple nights each week. Just let that sink in. Can your company's training appeal to both an entry-level employee and a 30-year veteran in a way that makes them describe it as fun, interesting, and something they want more of, and not because it's required? I know that much of the training designed in the past certainly couldn't make that claim. Let's think about how company training could look when it's time to onboard a new employee at your company. Currently, that employee probably arrives on day one and is shown to their cubicle. They'll most likely be provided with a checklist walking them through starting their laptop and setting up their voicemail. For the next two weeks, they'll awkwardly follow around an experienced coworker until your L&D team offers their once a month required employee onboarding session. During this session, they'll be provided general information about the company and its history. And at the conclusion of this training, the employee's manager will assume they know how to do their job. Meanwhile, the employee will sit quietly in their cubicle, desperately searching the company's intranet site for definitions and acronyms to understand what their coworkers are saying in meetings. Sound familiar? Well, what if instead, on day one, that employee is given access to a learning program, which provides a suggested learning path that could be taken in any chosen order? For each topic in the learning path, there are multiple methods to choose from. Let's say they want to learn about navigating the company's website. They could watch a video on it. They could register for a webinar to learn from a live instructor. They could review a job aid designed to tour them around the website. The employee can spend their first few days becoming familiar with the company and their job in their preferred method of learning. The employee sees at this company, learning is self-directed, personalized, and convenient. Now, this is just an example of a generic onboarding. What's important to note is the idea of approaching training in a different way and setting a more positive, innovative tone for learning at your company. Shifting from traditional to virtual training is not an easy task. 
It requires the right team members, software, and platforms. It also requires vision and strategy, coupled with support from senior leaders. In upcoming episodes, we'll discuss how to tackle these issues. We'll do this through interviews, debates, product reviews, and more. Be sure to check out the podcast notes for links to many of the references used for this episode. And leave a review to let us know how we can make the topics most applicable to you. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Virtually Learning.